Welcome to your next stop. I am beyond excited for this next guest. I met her in Clubhouse early, early on, but her story is just a really, really cool one. And she is definitely following a passion. Samantha Lodge, welcome to your next stop. Thank you, Julia. I'm really excited that we met on Clubhouse and that we get to do this. I know. And we and she goes by Sam, but I want it to be a little formal. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, do you have your quote that you can share with us? I do. So I think one of my favorite quotes that I try and remind myself of quite frequently is uh, it's a quote by the Buddha, theoretically uh, attributed to the Buddha. Um, <laughs> and, it, and it goes, uh, in the end, only three things matter. How gently we lived, how deeply we loved and how gracefully we let go of things not meant for us. And I find that it's helped a lot with, you know, any of the sort of grieving processes that we go through in life. And it helps us to just kind of live a little richer. Oh my gosh, I totally got the chills. That is, can you say that again? <laughs> that was really like very profound. Please say that yeah. again. Yeah. In the end, only three things matter. How gently you lived, how deeply you loved, and how gracefully you let go of things not meant for you. I love that. I love that. Okay. So mine's a little bit, it's a little lighter, but, but I, lo <laughs> I love yours. So Light mine is, is good. Yeah. Well, just, yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's like, but it's, it's about nutrition. So it's actually good. Nothing tastes as good as healthy feels. And I think that's so important and just important reminder for all of us, because I do it, you know, I'm like, Oh, that pizza, that ice cream, that, you know, cocktail. And then you're like, Oh, I fucking feel like shit the next day. Mm, yeah. I find that a lot in my work. I, I definitely come across that quite a bit. Yes. Well, that's, that's why I found it and then and added it to the, to this episode. Welcome to your next stop. This is Juliet Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion every week. I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to your next stop. Okay. So when I started doing, and you know, I don't like to do research. I like to like have you share your story, but I always look a little bit so I can like, you know, kind of know where you've been. So I'm not like completely surprised. So I love that you wrote that you're a nomadic nutritionist. So I want you to take us on your journey and let us know how you got there, what your life is about. Cause you're, you're fairly young as well. Correct. Mm -hmm. Am I, am I I'm about, yeah, I'm about to turn 28. Okay. I was going to say, I thought you were in your twenties, but you know, I was like, I don't want to throw at age, but you, <laughs> You are so just like looking at your stuff, going through your social media, you are really an old soul. And I don't know, I'm sure Thank people you. have said that to you before, yeah. but you really are wise, like really wise. I'm 47 and um, 47 and a half, if, if truth be told. Um, <laughs> and I just really was like, oh my gosh, we're like, you know, should we, we I, it's always funny because when I meet people that are in their 20s that are very, you know, and I'm not adult like at all, but like wise, you know, and I do have a lot of knowledge and things I always think. And then I'm like, you know, we're the yeah. same age. And then I always kind of laugh yeah. and I'm like, oh, I'm actually 20 years older. That sounds so strange. My best okay. friend is 42. So you're yes. right. <laughs> so you, you get it. Okay. So, okay. So sh please share your, uh, your journey with uh, my listeners, please. So it's, it's not always the lightest. Um, but I think for me, the, the pivot point of, uh, that informs most of how I live my life now was losing my dad to cancer. So when I was uh, 20, when I was 20, 
he was diagnosed um, and he was one of the best physicians in the United States, like continually just, uh, he wrote a book called Younger Next Year um, that did very well. He just, he wrote, literally wrote the book on living well into late age. Um, and then he was diagnosed with prostate cancer when he was, I suppose he was 54, no, 53. So young. So young. And it's supposed to be one of the most treatable forms of cancer. And when I was 23, we lost him to to that cancer. And that was one of the most profound, for obvious reasons, but but that experience of, you know, every I was living in D.C. at the time. I was working at a lobbying firm. I thought I wanted to climb the ranks in politics. Um, my great-grandfather was a senator, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be like the first female senator lodge. It's going to be badass. And I was going home to New York City every single weekend to help take care of him and spend time with him. And we were really, it was like a fight for his life. You know, I've never, I've never experienced that amount of survivalism before. When he he went into hospice, he, he said something kind of offhand to him that has changed the entire way that I live my life now. He has a, a very close friend who worked in a job that he hated for his whole life that made him a lot of, of money. And his whole goal was, okay, keep your head down, work hard, save as much as you can so you can retire at 55 and start, you know, enjoying your life. And my dad just offhandedly said to me, you know, we'll call him John. Actually, yeah. that's my uncle's name. So we'll call him <laughs> Teddy. Uh, he said to me, I'm, I'm so glad that this is happening to me and not Ted. And that really shook me for a long time afterwards because my dad was 57. And what he meant by that was he loved being a doctor. We had to beg him to stop by the end because he was just too weak to do it. And, it, you know, he would have had two good years of his life if he had followed that path. And so, so the subtext of what I took from that was you need to find a way to do work that you love, to spend your days, every single day of your life doing stuff that's meaningful to you, finding the joy in the everyday, finding the joy in the little stuff, finding meaning. And I, I started to kind of realize that that wasn't happening at my desk job in D.C. I was watching congressional hearings and writing memos. I was covering the 2016 election, which totally sucked out my soul. Um, <laughs> It was a lot. And, uh, and by the end of it, I just, I, I had a really honest talk with myself and I sat down and I said, okay, uh, well, since your life has been blown to pieces, <laughs> um, because that, you know, when you lose a parent that young, it really, really strips everything down and makes it feel very, very clear. Like you really start to understand the cliches about life is short. Time is precious. It's our only non-renewable resource. It's the only thing we can't get back. And so I sat down with myself and I said, okay, how do I want my life to look? How do I want to feel in my life? And the answers that I came up with were, you know, aligned and alive and, and just sort of, um, I don't think there's a word that encapsulates it, but if, if anybody knows, please let me know, because right. it's more like that, I guess like joie de vie of like, just how amazing it is to be alive. Like what an unbelievable gift it is. And it's easy to lose sight of that, you know, and I definitely have since then at times in my life, but I just, I was like, okay, I just, I really deeply need to, I want to feel, I want to feel, I want to experience the breadth and the depth and the width and all of the human experience. And it's sort of like, uh, in Eat, Pray, Love, when Julia Roberts says, she's like, I am just like a zombie of my former life. She was like, I just want to go marvel at something. And I was, I heard that and I was like, that. Yeah. And so I asked myself, okay, what, what brings that into my life now? And the answer very immediately was traveling. Um, and not because of, you know, the like sexy Instagram moments or anything like that, but because I think travel is the way that we get to experience. There's so many different ways to live a good life, I think. Um, and if we only ever experience our own community, we never truly get to understand that complex richness of the human experience and, you know, the, the beauty of all these different landscapes and nature and people and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I very quickly realized, okay, well, if I want to travel more, I'm not going to be doing it at this desk job with two weeks of vacation every year. So 
I guess I'm going to work for myself because I am not a techie person. <laughs> I can't code. And that, that sort of felt like most of what was available online at that point. Um, I'm glad that that's changing. But so I, I thought, okay, well, just like my dad, I need to do something that is really meaningful to me and that I'm really passionate about. And uh, I had gone through my own journey with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is a hormonal imbalance that affects about 10% of menstruating people. And I had had a lot of success using food and holistic remedies to um, reverse my symptoms when I had gone to an endocrinologist and I asked, you know, how do I fix this without going back on the pill? And he literally laughed in my face. And so that's how I, I just set off to do it by myself. So I enrolled in nutrition school part-time while I kept my desk job. And it just so happened that my graduation date was the same month that my lease was up in DC. And I had always wanted to take around the world trip. So I had been saving like since I was a teenager at my very first job. And so I cashed that in and I bought a one-way ticket to Amsterdam. I, I called my my friends from my Australian study abroad program, my Australian friends. And I said, Hey, do you want to go on like a Eurail trip? We'll just like travel around Europe together. So I ended up doing like two months, ended up dating one of them for uh, up until the pandemic really. And went to Bali, went to Australia, just did this whole big trip. And it felt like the beginning of the rest of my life. And now I work for myself. I'm a holistic nutritionist and I, I work with women with hormonal imbalances or menstruators with hormonal imbalances, things like PMS, cramps, PCOS, uh, acne, bloating, you name it. And it's really rewarding work because what I'm doing makes a difference. Like starting working with me when somebody's feeling just like total shit, right? Like you're, you're feeling at war with your body. You have no idea what's going on. It feels like this irrational being that has a mind of its own. And by the end, it's like totally demystified. You understand. I always say like symptoms are your body's only way of telling you that something's wrong. You just don't speak that language yet. And so by the end, it's, you know, you're demystified that, you know, why you're having these things, you've reversed a lot of them. And yeah, that's, that's my story. And, it, it, and I'm just, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I'm just, it's, I got, was getting so choked up because I have not lost a parent, but um, my dad did have prostate cancer when I was in my twenties. And I remember being so scared and I was at a desk job and I actually was late that day and I had a really mean boss and she brought me in and was like yelling at me. And I usually didn't get Ugh. flustered by people because I was like, okay, it's her issue, not my issue. Like yeah. I was that, I, I just what was What they very, say is about them. Yeah. Yeah. And it was always, I'm very fortunate. I've always been like that. I would be like, okay, that's your issue. I'm totally fine. Why wouldn't you like me? <laughs> my mom yeah. used to say, that's, you know, you got a little big head there, but whatever, whatever reason that is what I used to do. And I remember I broke down and I said, I just found out my dad has cancer. And it was like the first person that I knew had cancer, except my grandfather, who was his father, who died of cancer, who probably had prostate cancer that went undetected. So he died of stomach cancer. And I just remember being really scared and I got emotional. And she said, I don't think that this, uh, I was in advertising. She said, I don't think that this world is cut out for you. And I lived in New York city. She's like, I think you need to go home. I don't think you're strong. Wow. Wow. And that was her response. That was her response. And I was like, holy shit, that's cold. I would, I would not like to be her. <laughs> yes, right. You know, actually, she is a really nice person now. Later in my life, I was reconnected with her and she did oh. have stuff. Yeah, but it was a, uh, and yeah, and, and actually a lovely person. I think it was just a really bad time in her life. But I saw that. But I remember that really shook me. And I remember being like, no, this is what I want to do. And but my husband, after my husband and I got married, he lost both of his parents and he lost his mom pretty suddenly after our wedding, like two months after our wedding to a brain aneurysm. Yes. And it was and it just, you know, he was young. And I just remember being like, it's just it's it, it's nothing that um, I mean, obviously, my parents are getting older and I know I'm going to, you know, we do go through it, but I am older. But it's you being close with your dad and having to go through that. That is and the fact your dad sounds like an amazing man, like just 
just full of joy and like just an awesome person. You can tell by you and just how you talk about him. Like you could see the light in your in your eyes and he would be, you know, again, I don't know either of you, but I'm sure he is looking down so freaking proud of you. Like, yes, you know what? And the fact that he said that about his friend, you know, in, in his end, his words were said on purpose, right? I mean, they were said to you to to, to be like, and whether he meant that, and it just was like a parent way of like saying things, how we say things backwards to get our kids to yeah. listen, you know, because um, I've done that a million times. But it's just such a beautiful sentiment that that you were able to hear what he said, because you might have not, right? You could have like left that and not heard that and then gone without your, you know, with your your business. But it is, it's remarkable. And it's remarkable that at such a young age that you did, you were like, oh my gosh, because at 20 three. That's a, a really hard thing to go through losing a parent, but then also realizing I don't want to do, I, I'm listening to my dad and I don't want to do what he said. That's also like scary because we're taught, right? You go to college, you get married. I mean, and it's like, this is what you're supposed to do. And I think things have changed a lot. And, you know, as the years have gone on, but still like, that's what we were taught. You taught, you work hard, you go to school, you, you know, you get oh, a good yeah. job. I call it you, the path, like capital P. And I always joke that it's like, it's, like the matrix, right? Like you, when, when something shocks your world like that, it's like being offered the red pill or the blue pill, right? Like you, you see very clearly, oh, I'm not living life on my terms. I'm checking the boxes that society set out for me. Right. And you have an opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to go back to comfort and back to doing that. Or I'm going to take the, I think it's the blue pill and like wake up and, and chase this really scary dream. Stay tuned for a quick message from my sponsor. Hi, my name is Shari Hodes, and I'm the president of Aura Limited, a proud all-women-owned brand marketing and global sourcing agency. Simply put, we provide fashion-forward swag for any and all of your branding needs. Please visit us at www.auralimitedspelledout.com. My sister, she went to Johnson & Wales and then decided this is not for me, moved to San Diego and became a carpenter and then was really good at her job. So, but then she like kept moving up in the ranks and then got like more promoted, more promoted. And then she realized, I don't want to do this. And she and her partner actually traveled around the world. They went to India and she is not as chatty as I am because she went and I think she was in like a, you know, a Buddhist camp for a, a month and they didn't speak. And I was like, oh, oh wow. wow. I don't know. I, I don't know how. I mean, she's. I admire those people so much. So much. I mean, but it was a really cool thing for me to see her do because it was like nothing that, you know, my family ever did. It was like, nope, this is what you do. And I have to say, I followed the path and I have enjoyed the path that, you know, I did go to college. I played, And that's great. Right. But I did stop working because of kids and then realize there's more. I want to do more. And this is where this podcast came in. This is where my workshop is coming in because I do want to help people do that. But just I, you know, at, at your young age to do that, that's. That's freaking awesome. And there's like, you have so much to do. And also the hor hormonal, you know, I didn't have any um, hormonal shows. My, actually, my older sister, the one I was just talking about, she did. And I just remember the pain she would be in when she would get her period. And it was like so tough. And you're right. Doctors do. We just normalize it. Right. It's like, okay, this is how you do it. But I also love that your dad was, he was in traditional medicine. Was that, is that correct? So my, my dad was a, a, a Western doctor and my mom is a Chinese herbalist and acupuncturist. And my stepdad is a psychiatrist by training. <laughs> and my sister okay. is a doula actually. <laughs> 
Very, very cool. But so you have both, you have both sides. So it's not just, just regular medicine because I use a lot of homeopathy. Like I actually, that's who I go to. My kids, we, we see our home, my homeopath who I just love for all of our stuff because it really, really does work. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, nope. And I love when doctors see both sides, when they say, you know what there is, cause she was a psychiatrist, I believe. And her husband, I believe is a child psychiatrist, but she sees both sides and can talk to you about both sides. So you feel like, you know, there's times where you go to the doctor and they throw stuff at me and I know they're incorrect, but I know they had a lot of education. Yeah. Like white coat syndrome where we just kind of like, Oh, well the doctor said it. So, and, and like, I'm not anti-medicine. I'm not anti-doctor. It's just, I think we need to just be our own health advocates. And unfortunately we just kind of like, especially women's health um, or, or for anybody who menstruates, it's, we just tell people like, it's going to suck. And you just have to put up with it. And it's just totally not true. It's true. because like we, so just to get on a little soapbox here for a second, but we run on multi-week hormonal cycles, right? Men run on 24 hour hormonal cycles. And since we live in a patriarchal society, we don't value the multi-week lens of healthcare, right? So like, I'm actually working on a course right now, which I'm really excited about that basically just goes through like, here's everything you should have been taught about your body. Like, welcome home. Here's your guide. Because I think so much of medicine is built around, well, I know it is. I mean, studies are are not until 1993 were women required to be included in clinical trials. And so what we did for a lot of this, like intermittent fasting, for example, all of these studies are done on men and animals and postmenopausal women, and then applied to women of reproductive age as though it's the same thing. Right. And it's not right. It's, it's no. now that people listen to my podcast, but I do have an 11 year old daughter who is not there yet, but she asks me questions. And you know, I say to her, listen, I know when I am PMSing, like I know the whole house knows <laughs> it's annoying, <laughs> but it is true. But that's when I'm eating crappy. Yeah. That's, that's when I maybe like have had too much sugar and I know it, I am 47. Like, I want you to be aware of that. Now I want you to be aware of when you have your symptoms. And I didn't, I wasn't aware when I was younger. Right. Yeah. And the other thing is like stuff like that, like even that is something we can address with food. Like if you're going to eat more like B vitamin rich foods that helps stave off sugar cravings in that's called your luteal phase, your premenstrual phase. Right. And I had a client who graduated from my PCOS program. And she was like, honestly, even just the cycle module, which is one of the 12 weeks, she was like, even just that I'm so excited because her daughter is 12. And she was like, she's going to get her period any day. She messaged me when she did. She was like, I know I know what to tell her. And she was like, I'm so excited that I can tell her something other than this sucks like take some Advil and here's a tampon. Right. And you know what I, and that's one thing I do say to my daughter, I'm like, it's really a beautiful thing. It does not have to be bad. And I don't make it bad. Cause I'm not like, I am aware of my body and foods that are good for me and not good for me. Cause I do have uh, my, when I first started my coaching career, it was in virtual health and fitness. So I have an, I, I have an idea. Do you know it? But I not a deep idea, but I also am very in tuned with my body. So I knew when I was ovulating and it's been very, very cool as I've gotten older to be like, I remember saying to the doctor, okay, like, am I in the next phase? Cause it's not the same feeling when I ovulate. Now it's in this part of my body. I can feel it now it's in this part. So it's really interesting. And now I don't feel it as much. And I'm like, ah, if I wanted to have a baby, I could have a baby. And my husband's like, okay, we're, we're not having a baby. So please like, stop well, saying <laughs> He's like, we're past that. We have, we have the dogs, we have the kids, but it is really <laughs> cool to know about your body. So I love that you're doing it. Cause there's a, not a lot of people that are doing this. It's just kind of like you get your period and you just go on with your life, right? Like it, but there is an, there is an education about it. And I, you know, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm one that doesn't know just because of my own body. I know, but I'm not, you know, educated in it. So I love that you're doing that, especially at such a young age too. That's so, (laughs) 
freaking cool. Like so cool. Well, I find that a lot of the rhetoric around periods and hormonal health falls into one of two categories. And I feel like it's either the really cringy, like infantilizing, like, hey girl, like, did you get your time of the month? And you're like, all right, I'm an adult. Um, Or you have the other end of the spectrum, which is like, I free bleed and I'm going to tell everybody, right? And I feel like that's the association that people have with periods. And part of the stigma around it is part of the reason that we are all experiencing so many symptoms because we just think it's normal because we don't talk about it. Right. And I, I very much want to occupy that middle space where it's like, yeah, I have a period. Yes, I have a cycle. I understand how my hormones work and I can leverage it to do better in my life. Like it doesn't have to be this like huge parade and it doesn't have to be this like cutesy thing that we kind of like tiptoe around, right, you know, right. it's more like, like you can cycle sync your work if you're an entrepreneur. Like I know that I get much more inward, much more uh, withdrawn socially when I'm leading up to my period because that's natural. The hormones in my body are telling my body, hey, you're about to undergo something really intense, draw back a bit. And so I don't schedule podcast interviews. I, I try not to schedule like public speaking type stuff. You know, I, I keep it lighter versus if I have, uh, you know, something like this, something like a podcast. I know that in the first half of my cycle, I have a lot of energy to burn. I'm much more social. The hormones in my brain are telling me to, they're helping like my communication centers verbalize what I'm thinking and how I'm feeling. Right. And it's really cool. And you know, it's so funny that you said that because I, as I said, I'm very aware of my who I am and like how I work and stuff. However, when I've been doing this podcast and when I'm in creative mode for like my workshop, which I'm still in the process of doing, I am so much more aware of it in my older life now. Oh yeah. And it's crazy because I get so like foggy and scatterbrain where I can't get my words and it's really annoying. And I'm like, oh my, and I also have attention deficit. So it's like, you know, that's happened oh, to me, me throughout, throughout my yeah. life. You know, <laughs> and we go through periods where we're like, what's the freaking word? I know what I want to say, but I can't, you know, get it out. Yeah. <laughs> but I have noticed. So I love that you just said that because I was just saying to my husband, like now I know kind of like the week before my period, which is like, I am still very regular, but I'm like still like a child where I don't mark it down. Yeah. (laughs) Which is so stupid. I'm like, but it sounds like your body's telling you like, Hey, well, that's the thing. I totally know when it's coming, (laughs) but I'm like, okay, now it's like not 28 days. It's a little bit less, you know, that kind of stuff just because I am going through where I am premenopausal, whatever that's, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. they call that next phase. (laughs) But so it's so interesting that you say that because I can totally tell when I am not at my best and I know it's hormonal. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, hormones are chemical messengers. It's not just about like sexual reproduction, like hormones dictate everything from like hunger and sleep to sex and everything like that. So the fact like it's, it's just kind of, it shows a lot about the medical bias that we don't educate women on like, Hey, here's how those chemical messengers are going to influence everything from like work and exercise and eating to socialization and whatnot. Right. So it's cool that you can see that. I do, but I I feel like I haven't, like, I kind of see it, but I haven't really gotten good at like being like, okay, now I know don't do it. Cause I still like plow through everything. And I think like, I'm like, okay, just, you know what it's, and it's funny cause I don't use caffeine or anything like that, but I do, I am like, I do have a sweet tooth, but I know now I need to have like the dark chocolate or like brown sugar or something or like honey that will totally help me. If I have the artificial stuff is when I, you know, my brain really is like, well, hello, hello." you know, I become like a 
slot machine lights up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not good. So that's just like, I just love that. So, okay. So tell us a little bit also about, so COVID hit and you obviously couldn't travel as much as you were, which had to be really hard. So that had to have been like another phase of your life. I mean, you had your business, am I correct? It was. Like, yeah. You had your business, but you weren't doing something that lit you on fire. And I'm sure also is very endearing to you because I'm sure every time you travel, you think of your father as well, because he's the one that kind of, and you know, if I'm putting words in your mouth, please stop me. But I would think that that's like something that's like, okay, I think of my dad, because this is like, he's pushed me to do that. And now COVID happens. So what, what was that like? And where were you with COVID? So this is interesting. I feel like I need to write a book someday because just the stuff that's happened to me is wild, but (laughs) yeah, I, um, I was supposed to, so I was dating my best. Okay. Let me, let me rewind. In 2014, I studied abroad for a semester and made like the best friends of my life. Like I always said, God forbid something happened to my entire family. I would move to Australia in a heartbeat. One of those ended up becoming my boyfriend and my partner for the two years prior to COVID. But we, we reconnected on that Europe trip. Um, It just so happened that one of our friends pulled out at the last minute and the other one couldn't join us until halfway through. So it just happened to be the two of us. Right. And we ended up like having basically starting our relationship with this like romantic European summer honeymoon. So cool. <laughs> um, and I spent the last two years before COVID back and forth between Australia and New York, um, working remotely and living with him. And then he came to visit me last or I suppose the February before COVID hit. And two weeks later, we had planned our flights at different times. So I had a flight back to Australia on March 15th and his was like February 29th or something like that. And I looked into flying back with him because I was like, this is dumb. Why don't we just go back together? And it was like $2,000. So I didn't go. Um, right. And then obviously oh. COVID hit and I was agonizing over whether or not to go. And in the end, I decided not to because I didn't want to contribute to the spread. I felt like it was irresponsible of me to do that because I would have had to take multiple flights across the world. And on March 20th, the border shut indefinitely. And we were supposed to take off on a, I had been a digital nomad for about three years and he was transitioning into that. He was a personal trainer and, and sports nutritionist. And we were about to take off on a year of travel together to work remotely in like Bali and Europe and all these different places. Places, oh my gosh. And that didn't happen. Um, oh. So we we kept at it. We did long distance for like five or six months. We did like our weekly Netflix party dates and all that kind of stuff. And and after a certain point, we just both said, you know what, like the, the borders, we have no idea when it's going to open. We love each other and respect each other and care for each other very much. But maybe this is just a time for us to work on ourselves, you know, and uh, and do that self-growth. So I ended up staying in the States for the past year. Um, I, by a weird turn of events, um, I, so I stayed with family for the first, uh, until about September, um, because obviously I didn't have an apartment or a car or anything like that because I was about to go off traveling. And so my brother-in-law actually owns an indie film production company that produces films in Indiana. So I went and worked on set um, in October and November. So that was a fun little adventure. Um, we yeah. had a ton of COVID testing, all that kind of lots of protocols in place, but it was just such a relief to be able to spend time with other people. Right. <laughs> and then I came here to Colorado because my stepdad was relocated temporarily for work right near Vail. And they were like, hey, do you want to come stay with us? And I was like, I, I grew up ski racing. I, I raced for 10 years. Um, I almost did junior Olympics. It's been my other, the other thing that 
that was very connected to my dad was camping and skiing. And I was like, hell yeah, I want to come stay for free in one of the best ski towns in the world. (laughs) Right. So I've been here for almost six months. And actually this podcast is funny timing. I'm currently in the process of building out my Jeep Wrangler as a full-time car camper to live and travel out of for the next six months. Yeah, I saw that because I was going to ask you about those. Yeah, those other things. Yeah, so go ahead. It's so cool. I definitely could have used your sister's expertise, I will say. There's a lot of trial and error. (laughs) But this Friday, I'm, I'm doing a little socially distanced camping trip with a friend nearby. And then on Monday, I am driving back to Indiana, actually, to work on set uh, again on a different movie. And then I'm I'm taking off full time uh, to travel. Uh, I also run a travel and wellness blog under the name Be Well and Wander. And uh, I'll be traveling full time starting in May through like I'm picking up my best friend from high school in Colorado. And then we're going to New Mexico. We're going to do Sedona for my birthday in May. And then we're just going to go north through like Utah, Zion National Park, uh, Wyoming and uh, Idaho, Yellowstone, Glacier National Park in Montana, all that stuff. And then I will probably go solo into the Pacific Northwest and then down into California. And uh, then I don't know where my travels are taking me, but yeah. If you could shout out your social medias to let us know, like, so where people can find you and and follow this awesome journey, because there's so many people that still cannot travel or they're not comfortable to travel. So I love that you are doing that. I love traveling, by the way. I cannot know. My 11 year old (laughs) said to me, mom, I miss traveling so much. And I said to her, I was like, I know, but I love that you know that at 11. Like, I'm, I love that we were able to give you that kind of life. So totally. That's amazing. Yeah. So please tell us where people can find you. So um, my main, the main place that you can find me is at be well and wander W A N D E R on Instagram. I also have a website by the same name. Um, that's my travel and wellness blog. So I talk about everything that we've talked about here on the podcast, really um, finding meaning in your life, you know, holistic health, traveling, being a digital nomad, all of that can be found there. And then if you're interested in coaching or if you're interested in PCOS support, I also uh, run a business. The social media handle on Instagram is at holistic.pcos. Um, so you can find me there. And if you just want to follow the Jeep adventures, because I'm crazy and I run multiple accounts, <laughs> <laughs> that can be found. It's at the Polaroid Jeep. So I'll be, yeah, that's where you can find me. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Okay. So this is what I'm doing because next stop tra- crazy town has morphed into your next stop. Cause it just really speaks yeah. to what my podcast is now. So I ask all my guests, what does crazy town mean to you? Crazy town. I feel like the way I've always heard it is sort of like, that's crazy town. You know what I mean? Like, but in kind of a positive way. So I think, you know, life can be messy, but at the same time, that's partly what makes it beautiful. You know, it's like the unexpected, you know, maybe you get lost on a trip, but you actually end up stumbling on this like amazing, memorable experience or this like tiny little tea shop with this man that you meet and it's, you know, whatever. And I feel like that's like, life is crazy town. And that's kind of the beauty of it. Yes. Oh, I love that. So crazy town to me is exactly it's endearing. It's my energy, my kids energy, my husband, my dogs, just all of my life is crazy town. And it's like super endearing to me because it's very positive because it's just it's the energy. It's the energy that my family is around my, you know, my extended family, my immediate family, but just that and even my friends like it's just um, to me, it's, it's that. So Sam, I just want to say thank you so much. I so enjoyed listening to your story. You are seriously a remarkable woman. And I am like psyched that we have been put in touch and I'm psyched that I have someone that can talk to my daughter in a normal <laughs> way and like be like, yeah. okay, these are like a little bit more of the fundamentals instead of me just being like, I mean, I can give her like the top line, but it's always nice to hear from someone else, not just your, your mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for, for setting this up. I'm really glad that we were able to make it work and also that that this podcast exists it's just such an amazing energy that you're putting out there and I really love it 
Thank you. Thank you so much. And good luck with everything. Thank you. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 